These logarithms on Instagram and Facebook, uh, I tell you, they like read your mind and your thoughts, <laughs> the things you're saying and things pop up. And you know, all these different celebs and stuff have the new thing is audiobooks, which I always think are great if you're busy and you want to keep up uh, on books, but it's always faster, you know, when you're listening, you can multitask. So everybody's uh, on Audible. Audible is, is the thing, right? Um, Mariah Carey and Michelle Obama, 
um, so many uh, big celebs have their memoirs and, and books on Audible. So I'd seen, oh, well, they distribute podcasts. So I was thinking to myself, gee, I wonder how you get your podcasts on, on Audible. And I literally, uh, uh, the other week, had messaged Audible on Instagram, hey, how do you get your podcasts on there? And then I got an email, um, because uh, of course we're on Amazon Music. Uh, so I got an email saying Amazon Music Audible. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't know that they, are they affiliated? I didn't know that. I'm like, hold on a second. So I stroll on over to Audible, because uh, there's one section like with Amazon that's just regular Audible for the books, uh, which you have to pay a membership for, or you can uh, search the podcast directory on Audible, which is free. So I, I go over to the website, do, 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 I'm typing in the show name, and sure enough, I discover that Style and Empowerment Chat with Laura and Friends is already distributed on Audible, and I didn't know it. So very excited uh, to be in such distinguished company. So now you can check us out in addition to all the stations you listen to um, on iHeartRadio, Audible, TuneIn, Alexa, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and so many of the other places where you find your podcasts. So that's exciting as we continue to celebrate year five of the show. Uh, so now we had a lot of interesting couple news break off this week. So the big shocker is, um, you know, uh, IT... Uh, and charity uh, mega mover and shakers Melissa and Bill Gates uh, just announced that they're getting divorced uh, nobody saw this coming because they were all, not only a couple but they were really partners in business they actually met when she was working at Microsoft and uh, Bill was traveling in some meeting, you know, different sales meetings he would go to. And he saw Melissa there and liked her and just started chatting with her. And apparently a week later he asked her out on a date and the rest is history. Now, of course, Melissa is very accomplished in her own right in business. But they also had the Melissa and Bill Gates Foundation, which is worth $40 billion dollars. It's one of the most successful uh, charities, uh, foundations, and of course they have um, donated money to so many different causes, <coughs> hurricane relief, um, the arts, all kinds of different things. So they said that they're going to continue on running the charity and other business uh, endeavors together, but we now... When there's breakups, and especially when it's fresh, in 27 years, that's a long time. You know, even think about a, a regular day when somebody you work with on a regular, like, gets on your nerves or you're having a bad day, and you're like, look, <clears throat> you try not to snap. Well, think about if it's your spouse and you just broke up, and then you got to see them every day at the office. So... I don't know how that's going to work, and it's a lot of assets to chop up. And it's funny because you hear so many different celebrities 
talk about what they stay together because well at this point there's so many assets i don't want to lose the half this that blah 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 well bill gates and melissa gates can chop up you know uh billions of dollars in assets what do y'all who are unhappy trap <laughs> don't really have an excuse so it's gonna be interesting now reports have come out that apparently bill had a girlfriend on the side and was whining and dining her oh, right so you know could we at least be original here um and not that i'm throwing shade or anything like that but it always makes you scratch your head when the person they cheat with is average looking and must be meeting some kind of emotional need. But stereotypical, you know, the stereotypical narrative is, oh, well, if you cheat, it's because you're going after someone who you think is more attractive. That, oh, the spark died. This guy's hot, whatever. And then when you see them cheat with people who are either less attractive than their current spouse, which has actually happened to several celebrity women, or they're about the same, or they're less accomplished than their their spouse. You're like, well, what the heck? So who knows? You know, I'm just hoping it doesn't get too messy because they do it's have. Like you can't be too busy making enough money. Why well, exactly? Exactly. You know, you have to be just attractive enough. So you're not threat. Oh, be successful, but not too successful enough so you don't emotionally threaten him. Oh, you have to be good in bed, but not too good where he he feels intimidated. It's like, you know, who has time to to play this jigsaw puzzle? If you're secure within yourself, then you want somebody who is your equal, you know, and who's gonna challenge you and drive you to be better. Anything else just doesn't make sense. Now, speaking of what doesn't make sense, of course, we know Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez just broke up about three weeks ago. So, J-Lo, J-Lo, J-Lo. Oh, seeing her ex. Oh, man. I mean, I know she's come out and said that she has a hard time being alone. But come on, Ben Affleck. <laughs> I mean, come on, girl. Come on. You are beautiful, vivacious, talented, intelligent. If you're going to go backwards, you're going to go for a guy who left you at the altar, uh, basically, because they broke up like about two weeks before they were going to get married. It was having all kinds of issues. He was cheating on you uh, close to the wedding. Um, since then... He, every marriage he's been in has broken up. Every relationship he's been in has broken up. And usually the cause is his gambling, his alcoholism, as it goes in and out of rehab and in and out of recovery, and his womanizing. You know, and, and, he, and he, since him and Jennifer Garner have broken up, when they just this past year kind of got in a, a decent co-parenting working through their ish situation and now you're running around with 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 your ex and, and of course it's at a time where jennifer lopez is highly in the media because anytime these celeb couples break up you know for the next couple of weeks at least everybody's like well what are they gonna do next this that 
And the thing is, I mean, Ben Affleck's very talented. He's a great liberal Democrat, humanitarian. But he has even come out himself and said he stinks in relationships. He hasn't been able to get himself sober for any long period of time. The issues that probably broke them up in the early 2000s are still there now. Uh, going backwards is never a good thing, especially when it's a toxic jump. You already saw what he's like. It's cool they remain friends. That's awesome. But you don't have to jump back. It's like you just got out of one situation. The, the, from what the reports are from insiders, the, the big tipping point was then she didn't trust Alex Rodriguez after the rumored cheating. So then you're going to jump back and, and have your ex um, come to your house in a motorcade and all this stuff and, and, and do subtle messages to him at the concert and this and that when this guy cheated on you too. And it doesn't make any sense. And technically, uh, who was it he was with at the time that he was dating? It's been so long. But I remember she was with Mark Anthony at the time. They were on the rocks. They had just done Geely together. Um, and then he was with somebody else. And then he showed up at one of her premieres and gave her roses and this and thing. And the next thing you know, it's Benefer. But I understand it's hard when you're going through a transition and you're working through pain and a breakup. But going backwards, especially when the person you moved on from is still in the same place in certain ways, it's not a good thing. Especially when you're a woman that has so much going for yourself. Lots of women look up to you. I, you know, backwards is never the right gear to go. So... I just wish she would just kind of take some time to herself. Um, she has her pick of guys right now. Um, but it's just kind of sad. And then apparently the paparazzi were stalking Ben's children as they were coming out of school and asking him questions. Oh, how are things going with J-Lo and all this stuff? And he got mad and threw uh, water at a cameraman. Well, I see things from both sides, but at the same point, you went through that relationship. You remember how much the media sieged on you back then, and everybody's waiting to see what J-Lo's next move is going to be dating-wise. So, of course, the paparazzi, if they get when you guys are talking, are all going to be right at your door. So, here's an idea. Don't go backwards. You know, make healthy choices. I just don't know, ladies. See, this is just so much. Um, so now in other uh, couple news, Meghan Markle just released a new children's book. Uh, it's inspired by Prince Harry and their son. It's called uh, The Bench, which explores the special bond between father and son. Sadly, um, you know, Harry still seems to be on the outs with his own father because insider reports are saying that um, Prince Charles is still reeling and hurt from the interview that uh, Harry and Meghan gave to Oprah about a month back. So, you know, I'm hoping those fences can, can be mended and, you know, people can kind of come 
to a middle ground there because it's sad when you see family that was once very close uh, just splintered in different directions so uh big announcements came, came out yesterday and today uh pennsylvania um over labor day weekend is lifting uh because of drop in curves and and everybody's starting to get vaccinated. They're lifting um, so, uh, some of the uh, restrictions uh, with nightclubs and restaurants. You don't have to have the dividers anymore. They want you to remain three feet apart, but you can go to buffets, you can go up and get a drink. You still have to wear a mask. And so uh, uh, Pennsylvania is moving to once uh, the state is at 70% vaccination, then they're saying we won't be able to have to wear masks, but I think it's good still to have caution. Let's not, you know, jump off, off the fence, so to speak, because, of course, India is surging with COVID uh, right now, and we still need to be, be careful. Everybody get your vaccination sanitized. We're excited to be moving back to how things used to be a little bit, but let's not now just throw caution to the wind and not protect ourselves. Um, so now, uh, Governor Cuomo, uh, New York governor, just announced that Broadway can reopen May 9th, and he's lift, lifting the capacity restrictions statewide uh so you know this is i mean this is gonna be a good thing for our economy um concerts are starting up again it's it's great for the musicians and all the production people and behind the scenes people in uh, the entertainment and music industries and fashion industries but again uh let's not rush and say oh hey everything's over it's all cool you know we still have to be careful now uh, the Broadway League and other leaders in the theater industry are saying that looks more like they'll be reopening um, plays uh, in September um, while working around the current CDC social distancing uh, and sanitation requirements because, of course, it takes time to get funding for plays. Then you have to get the production together, rehearsals, marketing, soft opening, you know, casting and all that stuff before you can launch. It's not as if, okay, the theaters are open and now all these plays are happening. Plus, then the actors have been basically out of work for a year, not rehearsing. you got to get back into physical and vocal shape and cast and all that good stuff but you know we're excited to see um the arts and and music and everything coming back but again let's just make sure that we're careful and we're responsible and we're getting those covid tests we're getting our vaccinations and wearing our masks and and just uh, being careful so we can drop uh, all these uh curves uh around the world and be safe so uh, we're so excited uh, uh today we are welcoming 18 time grammy nominee soul artist uh, anthony hamilton so i'm treating you to a cross-section of my 
favorite Anthony Hamilton songs all through today's show. And later today, we're going to be debuting his new single, uh, You Made a Fool Out of Me. So we're going to take you all over the Anthony Hamilton spectrum of music from songs he wrote for other artists um, and all, all his different music that he's done for films and uh, just uh, such great, great stuff and vibes coming your way. So we're going to jump into our first musical break. When we come back, we're going to talk all about the fashion news. So keep it locked into Style and Empowerment Chat with Lauren Friends, and we'll be back after this.
let you down a thousand times Broken promises It's like I ran away from you My career was my excuse Until I saw you about to drown in your own tears And as you cried in my arms You so good to say that former President Trump uh, <laughs> emphasis on the former 
Um, is now throwing another tantrum in, uh, because Facebook just announced today that they are continuing to ban Trump's access to Facebook. So, um, I think that's a good thing because nobody needs his misinformation and hate mongering um, and just emotional, erratic spewing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to evolve. Uh, some would say, well, censorship and this and that, and you could, could build that argument, but at the same point when um, somebody's ramblings on social media, whether he was convicted of it or not, uh, led to terrorism ensuing on our nation's capital and people dying. Uh, sometimes it's like a little kid, you have to take their toy away and slap them on the hand to maybe teach them responsibility and, and a lesson and how to control their impulses. You know, because when we're adults, we don't get everything that we want. And more times than not, as adults, you have to he hear and deal with the word no than yes. So um, we all have to abide by rules of conduct and, and mutual respect. So um, it's just a, a, a funny seeing him throw all his tears. Y'all, poor baby, y'all. So, and now, in other news, and fashion news, uh, a lot of interesting stuff uh, ha announced and happening this week. Well, first of all, of course, uh, we just had um, Milan um, Fashion Week and Shanghai Fashion Week and um, uh, a, lot, a lot of fashion weeks which are up till now they've been doing virtually so uh, the trend recap according to Vogue some of these trends I'm saying please let's just leave them in the past and you scratch your head and you say gee all these things I threw out or this is considered a new trend we always do this in summertime but uh, according to Vogue they're saying that the new trends uh, for summer Chanel is within the resort wear collection is uh, bringing back the kind of uh, 1980s punk throwback influence with face jewelry and the kind of um, androgynous punk hairdos. Uh, and of course the chain belt apparently is going to be the accessory of the summer. Maxi dresses uh, again like they're making it like this is ooh maxi dresses are always uh, a trend and go to uh, for summer fashion especially when you're traveling I love a convertible maxi dress there's so many great ones out there that you can use as a skirt or a dress even if they don't market it as a con uh, convertible if you have one of those long maxi skirts that has an el elastic waist just you can pull it up put a little jean jacket on or maybe a belt and make it a dress too um so now we're also bringing gingham plaid back that was that was big last summer as well and now vintage jewelry 
um, is apparently the trend again, as well as embroidered jeans, which was big in the 80s and then the early 2000s. Some embroidery on jeans can be cool, but I always air caution. You don't want to uh, get pants that are too novelty because then it just it's like a time capsule and uh, you can't wear them again or like maybe toss them in your closet and 10 years later they come back in fashion. But I always like uh, to have things that I can rework season to season, uh, your staple building blocks in your wardrobe and then just when I, when I jump on on trends I, I have a selective eye and I'll invest in trends that is right now but that I can potentially re rework later because especially now you know with everything that's happened over the past year with jobs and COVID and everything you know we got to make those fashion dollars last so now another fashion news uh, Vanessa Bryant uh, just uh, celebrated in a very special way would have what ha would have been her daughter Gigi's 15th birthday uh, by announcing a new active uh, lounge wear clothing line and she named it Mambasita which of course is a throw uh, to uh, Kobe Bryant's foundation, but also his nickname for Gigi. Uh, so 100% of the proceeds from the clothing line will benefit the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation, which serves underprivileged athletes, specifically uh, females, um, in coaching and resources and training camps and mentoring and a lot of great things. It's uh, just so awesome. There's been so many foundations and athletes and players who since uh, Kobe and um, Gigi's uh, tragic death along with all the other uh, people on the plane Oh, they've thrown so much funding into the foundation so the foundation could continue to do its work which was one of Kobe's passions and legacy of grooming the next generation of athletes and and helping children and young adults find empowerment and discipline through um, sports and all the valuable things that um, athletics teach us. Uh, so now in other fashion news, uh, really, really excited about this. So as a New York is starting to slowly reopen and we're cautiously um, getting back to some of our pre-COVID uh, uh, enjoyments. Uh, so the Costume Institute, which of course is uh, part of the Metropolitan Museum and every year throws the Met Gala, um, they just announced a two-part uh, 2021 exhibit. Of course, we did not have a Met Gala or a Met Gala exhibit in 2020. So part one of the exhibition will open mm -hmm. September 18th at the Anna Wintour Costume Center uh, at the uh, Met 
at Metropolitan Museum of Art, and it's uh, marking the Costume Institute's 75th anniversary. Uh, now, an intimate gala, usually the Met Gala is a big, big event with hundreds of um, celebrities and influencers, people from the world of movie, music, fashion, uh, and major magazines are attended. Uh, but this year they're doing an intimate gala which will take place September 13th. It's uh, co-chaired by Amanda Gorman. Uh, what an amazing year Amanda's having. Uh, Tom Ford, uh, Billie Eilish, and Anna Wintour. Um, the exhibit will resemble a home with intersecting walls and rooms. Now, part two uh, will be an anthology of fashion, and it'll open May 5th, 2022, in the museum's American Wing. Each room will have a cinematic scene, so there's going to be different short films that are going to uh, be part of the exhibits. Um, so it's going to chronicle the emergence of American styles. So I'm sure they're going to spotlight Halston and Donna Karen and Ralph Lauren, who were part of an iconic American sportswear, probably Bill Blass and uh, a lot of other famous American designers. Now. Now, um, the second Met Gala will take place on May 2nd, 2022 to mark the opening of the exhibit, an anthology of American fashion. So we're excited uh, to see all this great fashion uh, coming back and um, uh, happy to see that part of it's going to be virtual and uh, we're easing back into things. So, um, you know, Philly slowly opening back up and the concert venues. Uh, so I'm excited to see live music happening again and events. We just, of course, had the Kentucky Derby this past week. Uh, so there's a was a lot of great fashion uh, events happening here in the in Philly and New York and Kentucky. Everybody was out in their spring attire and fascinators. So we just have to be prudent and take one step at a time. Uh, so um, we're going to jump into another musical break. I want to make sure we get uh, a, a nice hunk of uh, Anthony Hamilton songs uh, for your listening pleasure uh, before we come up with our interview. So excited. We're going to talk about all the films that he's done, soundtracks, uh, contributed to the soundtrack, um, his, his time at Uptown Records, uh, so many great, great things to talk about this morning. So uh, keep it locked into Style and Empowerment Chat with Laura and Friends. Uh, uh, we'll be back after this musical break. And we're so excited uh, to debut later in the show his new song, uh, You Made a Full Out of Me, which is debuting on BET on Friday. Uh, so uh, it's a beautiful rainy day here in Philly. Hope the sun is shining where you're at. So we're going to take another musical break and we'll be back after this. Keep it locked in and we'll be back with 18-time Grammy nominee, uh, record producer, singer, songwriter extraordinaire, Anthony Hamilton. Oh, 
suppose it's a push for moving on. In time, the sun's gonna shine on me nicely. One day, yeah. Something tells me good things are coming, and I ain't gonna. Say what, say what, you know that I like it, baby Ooh, 
girl, you know what's up And you know what I need Ooh, say what, say what, say what You know that I'm out it, baby Ooh, girl, you know what's up Something told me deep inside, better not do it What a dummy, such a dummy To let some mess I shouldn't have did take you from me Girl, if I could take it back, it'd be so back I'd be such an angel, you'd think that me and Jesus was cool Like that, just like that Everything between us be good Girl, I know what I should have done Should've walked away the moment that I saw her coming But I blew it, really blew it And lost the only girl I love Dear God, if you're listening I, I need you to do a thing for me You see my baby, she done up and walked out I need you to bring her back to me I know that I was wrong, I was guilty of sin Probably not priority But dear God, I've been listening now Doubting, dying, begging, crying Somebody need to pray for me Thought I was something, really something In the end, who knew I'd end up with nothing I was fronting, truly fronting Girl, I really can't be mad, I had it coming Guess if I was half the man I know I am I would be so good that even Oprah be jealous of you It's like that, yeah, like that Everything between us be good Girl, I know what I should've done Should've walked away the moment that I saw her coming But I blew it, really blew it And lost the only girl I love Dear God, if you're listening I need you to do a thing for me You see my baby, she done up and walked out I need you to bring her back to me that I was wrong, I was guilty of sin Probably not priority 
And I can never do 
edition of Style and Empowerment Chat with Laura and Friends. I, uh, to quote the Pointer Sisters, I'm so excited to welcome this week's guest, 18, a time Grammy nominee and winner, singer, songwriter, producer, activist, um, chef, uh, uh, fashionista, activist, philanthropist, all around amazing and inspirational artist, Anthony Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we just uh, debuted a double. <laughs> So we just, uh, we're so excited to have you on the show and to debut your new song. So I'm so excited. We to... are here. Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about your new song in a minute, which we just gave our listeners a double shot of, which is fantastic. Uh, so I just want to kind of rewind for, for, uh, for a minute and kind of go through some of my favorites. And so, uh, you have such an illustrious career. Uh, to to chop into. <laughs> so now, uh, many of our listeners know uh, you started out in the church, uh, but you were discovered by Andre Harrell and Uptown Records. So can you just uh, reflect a little bit about that time and him discovering you and your relationship and time at Uptown Records? Yes, Andre was a great visionary. Uh, inherited me from a guy by the name of Mark Spark, who produced uh, I did the showcase at D&D, and I won the hearts and ears of, you know, Russell Simmons, all those guys were there. So it was a showcase of a few artists. And I, I sang from a place that, that I won the ears and the hearts of, of Roger Harrell and Jimmy Jenkins and... Uh, Uptown MCA was my first home as, a, as an artist, and that was a dream come true because Jodeci were from Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, that was my dream group. So to be on the same label, to open up for them as an opening act, I was I was on my way, I felt like. It was amazing. And so now our viewers and listeners might not know, so we're throwing out lots of gems uh, today of knowledge. So Anthony also started out as a background singer for another king of soul, D'Angelo, and you were on the Voodoo Tour, correct? Yes, I started at the end of uh, Brown Sugar Tour. Mm -hmm. And went all the way through the, uh, the Voodoo Tour. Yeah, yeah. So, singing with D'Angelo was like going to like Harvard <laughs> or in, in 
So now talk about like your process. Um, like for instance, um, uh, what we actually have had on the show, some of your previous collaborators, which we'll get into in a bit, uh, Carol Riddick, uh, Raheem Devon, Maxie Priest. Uh, yes. Uh, so um, Carol, of course, as well started out as a background singer and then launched her solo career. So it always kind of intrigues me. What's your process like? Uh, of course, you're a performer. You're a performer. It's the same principles stand regardless of what your role is on the stage but there is a big difference when all the spotlight is just on you and creating your image or performance style as the main attraction as opposed to the you know the accompaniment so can you talk to us a bit like what that was like in the beginning and finding your stage performance style and relationship with the audience <laughs> watching James Brown and, and all those amazing groups, Bootsy Collins and George Clinton. I, I was brought into that part of it. And, you know, seeing people perform at church back home, I knew when you have an audience, you need to captivate them. You need to give them something to remember you by. Yes. And, and if you have to bust it wide open, you better bust it wide open and sing your heart out. Just so go there. so true. I feel that there's a lot of artists nowadays that have lost that knowing when you perform you're telling a story. It's not just singing a song that you're you're acting out the words and that's what the audience really responds to. Has So now, in uh, your illustrious career, you have been nominated for a total of 18 Grammys. Like, what does that I even feel like? Like, it's just so amazing. Um, and when you were first starting now, could you even have imagined that your work would be so respected and acclaimed where you would amass 18 Grammy nominations? Talking about a fellow icons, Al Green. I mean, he's yeah. one of the four founders, uh, architects of R&B. Um, and like you yourself, he is also very much rooted in the church. Um, so, 
Um, can you talk to us a bit about, oh, hold on one second. Hello? Hey, yes, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> all right, thank you. That's Eli, check it in. Yeah, we had a little technical difficulties because of the rain, but we're, we're riding through and we're up and everything's great. Hi, right, thanks. Yes, a shout out to Eli and Michelle. For, uh, I, I do have to say on the sidebar, your team is awesome. And it, it, makes what, it makes what we do on our side so much easier and smoother when, you know, the artist has such a great team like you do. So, shout out. And, and that's so important, too. That's very important for artists, uh, for anyone. Like your team represents you. Mm-hmm. You represent your team. So if everybody's is playing their role and doing it and has integrity and, and honor and, uh, and passion, you can go far. Yes, and it's really about sharing the same vision. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So, so now um, you, of course, are an accomplished songwriter. So can you talk to us a bit about when you first found your voice and talent not only just as a singer but as a songwriter and made that decision that look I'm going to write my material and finding your way as a songwriter you know it started pretty early on I didn't even know I could write a song and I, I, my brother at the time uh, Keith Way he had a, a record company here in Charlotte North Carolina so we were trying to go somewhere so we had studio time and I had to go in to write a song I, I wrote a song called Waiting For You I'm still waiting for you waiting for you I'm still waiting for a blue my baby and I wrote that song at like 14, 15 years old and it came out really good and I was like wow I must really have I must really have this gift so I started getting better at writing paying attention to songs and paying attention to the songs that made me feel a certain way. And I wanted to give that same melody, uh, lyrical content, and uh, just tell a good story that people could could love. So that started pretty early on, and uh, I've been writing ever since. (laughs) And I'm glad, you know, because you write the song, you can eat for a long time. Right? Which uh, segues in uh, to another uh, another topic I want to uh, chop up with you, and this is a, a reoccurring topic we talk a lot about on the show with the artists. You know, empowerment. Empowerment is owning your your work and what happens with it, and having a, the most equity because you own your masters, you produce, you write. Um, so, can you just kind of um, talk a bit about that and give advice to other artists of you know knowing what's happening in their business and owning as much of it as possible yeah it's very important to have some ownership uh with ownership there's freedom and that's power um and that's control mm-hmm. uh, you have a you know inside look at what's going on and you have you know leverage to dictate whether your career could be successful or not successful and if it's not and you tried your all then that's okay but if you put it in the hands of someone else and they control it all and it's successful um, you don't really have any control or you don't have any right to to own you know to 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 be rewarded with you know what your work is made 
time thing. It's like this is something I have. This is equity. This is this is you know something tangible that I can take with me. And that you can pass. And that you can pass on to yeah. your children. Yeah, you can pass it on to your children as a part of your legacy. And um, you know, it's it's yours. It's valuable mm-hmm. uh, to own own this stuff as much as you can. I know starting out sometimes, first time artist, you have to make sacrifices and you have to give give up something. Um, some you know they got it all mapped out. You, they're gonna get something some way or another. But if you could have if it could be a, a, a even playing field, um, it's better for you. Exactly. And, and, you know, it makes it, it takes the passion from you when, when people steal and take from you and you don't have any mm-hmm. control. You feel like, what am I doing it for? I don't see any uh, reward for it. I don't, I'm not making anything. But when you have that, you have every incentive to go out and make the best for everybody on the team, mm-hmm. whether it be your publisher, your record company, or, or your team. Right. You know? Because producing, publishing, writing, mm-hmm. that's where, for those who don't know, because, you know, unless you're in the business, you just listen to the songs on the radio, watch the music videos vibe out, but you don't think about the other half of it. And the, you know, each each song, it's uh, divided into points. And whoever really creates the song, tangibly, not just singing the song, but creates the song, gets more percentage money from each song. So that's why it's so important, artists, you know, be on top of your business. Yeah, so important, because uh, it's, it's a lucrative business. Exactly. Exactly. all everything that you see everybody buying. Videos are videos. That stuff is rented a lot of times. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's so important. Yeah. You know, I got one, you know, I drive one car. I got, I got my SUV, and then I have an old school 71 Kingswood that I have fully restored. And, uh, you know, I don't have a bunch of cars and a bunch of stuff. I may spoil myself with a nice sports car coming up. I've been hey. working hard. Right. But I'm not about to drop five hundred thousand dollars. I can't. It doesn't make sense. When you could you could buy a house or send all your kids to college with that same money. Yeah, you could buy a house. You could be you could be some people. You do so much for so many other people. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I think God makes us allow us to be successful to to help someone else be successful or difference to somebody else's life i don't think i don't think uh fame and success is just ours Mm -hmm. our own i think it's it's definitely uh something we should pass on and share exactly that's how i feel and i sleep good at night knowing that well i agree you know at the end of the day it's nice to have material things Ah, hold on we're back hold on All right, we're bopping back here. 
But it's so true what you're saying. And I talk a lot about this, like what do you value? What do you consider wealthy? What are your motives? For me, it's, yeah, we all would love to have these multi-million dollar deals and all this money and equity and all that is important. But it's also, well, is your work bringing you joy? Are you touching other people? You know, are you putting positive imprints in people's spirits which for me is the most valuable emotional currency uh, beyond you know a Lamborghini or a vacation we can take are, are we putting something of worth into people's consciousness yeah that's important and you have to have a, a good balance heart and, and spirit and, and, and you know morals morals come in it's so important not to lose your morals and lose those things that uh, that your family instilled in you at an mm-hmm. early age. Um, being decent goes a long way. Being a nice person goes a long way, no matter how famous you are. Uh, you want to make sure that you know you're helping people, and even if you're just kind to them when they're when you're in their presence, that makes a difference. People want to help you when you when you're kind and you respect each individual as if they are just as important. Exactly. And, you know, we're all all, uh, struggling and going through different things at different times. Uh, So that is so important, um, how we treat ourselves and how we uh, carry ourselves uh, through life. I think uh, Anthony just dropped his phone, so we're just going to... Continue to chat. I know he's gonna be back up in a minute. Um, so uh, our viewers may not know uh, that Anthony has written songs for many accomplished films. Uh, I was uh, so excited uh, to discover when I was doing my research uh, that Anthony actually wrote, uh, co-wrote one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite movies, uh, Donnell Jones' song, uh, uh, What's Up, from Save the Last Dance, uh, which of course in the 90s that movie was so iconic. Um, And uh, was all over MTV Uh, and so then he also uh, co-wrote the song uh, Do You Feel Me Uh, from the critically acclaimed and Oscar winning film American Gangster uh, starring Denzel Washington who of course won his second Academy Award Um, and then also he wrote the song Freedom from uh, a- another Oscar-nominated film, Dango Unchained, um, starring Jamie Foxx. Uh, so, of course, uh, writing uh, for films is a whole different process than writing uh, for just uh, your album uh, or for... Ah, there we go. Uh-huh. And we're back. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, we're rocking and we're rocking and rolling. I'm I'm holding it down. I knew you'd be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I stayed, you know, I stayed and waited on you like I was waiting on Charlotte. <laughs> right, that's right. Over here. 
<laughs> so, so um, I was uh, just while we were, we were waiting for your return, I was so excited when I was doing additional research last night preparing for our chat that one of my, so now we're going to go into uh, talking about some of my favorite songs of yours. I, I have it broken up into categories. So first... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so first I want to talk about my favorite songs from films. So this just made me have a total fangirl moment. Take me back to my teenage years. That was just yesterday. Um, <laughs> you know, me too. Right? Okay. So, so young, fruitful, and fabulous. That's right. So... Uh, Anthony co-wrote one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite movies, which was such a big moment on MTV, pop culture. So, uh, Donald John's song, What's Up? I, from Save the Last Dance, I, you know, I've been waiting for years to go to Steps and Main Squeeze Night. I got my fake ID and everything. <laughs> Come on! Of course, not only was that song featured in the film, but it was like one of the pivotal scenes in the movie when uh, uh, Sean Patrick, oh, wait, 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 Patrick, oh, what's his name? It's three names. I always mix the Michael and the Patrick. <laughs> Scott. Uh, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> and Julia Stiles, he's teaching her how to dance all hip and stuff. She's a ballerina, and he's trying to give her uh, some street edge to her style. And then they're there in the studio. He's teaching her how to bounce and bop and, and, and all that stuff with the club. <laughs> so, talk to me a bit about, because um, that was your first um, feature film placement of music. So, can you talk to me a bit about how that collaboration uh, came? And like the first time you're in a movie theater and you're hearing uh, your one of your songs on the big screen, that must have been just so thrilling. You know, I was working with Chris Lighty and, and uh, Dave Lighty, those guys, and Balawa in the studio and it was at a time where I had been signed for a long time and my record deals kept falling through for some mm. reason but this was a blessing to be a part of this song and when I heard it I was like this feels special I don't know exactly what's going to happen with it but it feels special and so the fact that it's on the movie I was like wow it even it's, it continues to live and find a home mm -hmm. um, I've been you know I've been successful enough to uh, and blessed enough to, to do movies um, I was in American Gangster. Yes. Two songs for that movie. Um, you know, Step Up. Um, Best Man Holiday in that movie. It, Another it, one it, of my favorite it, uh, movies. Yeah, Marsha and Brosha. A lot, a lot of movies I've done. Uh, Django, um, song for Django. With the Lights of Born, Boynton. Um, and Freedom. Yeah, I've done a. Yeah, Freedom. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Just to be a part of the movie, saying that means that not only are you, you know, you're influencing people in the record, um, record business, but people in the movie 
And music and film and art and fashion, I, I always say it's like water. They all inspire each other and, and feed each other. It's so important because, you know, when I hear a great song, it makes me want to put on a great outfit. Yes. Put on a great outfit, it makes me want to dance to a great song. You know? And, 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 I, and when I see a painting, I was like, you know what? Those colors are beautiful. The artist must be pretty fly. So you want to mimic that energy that you feel with, with anything you do. So I love it. Now, I, I had the honor about, I guess it was two years ago now, um, to meet Denzel um, while covering. He was receiving a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award out here at the Crossroads Theater in Jersey. And he's just such, I mean, we could talk for a long time about Denzel, but, you know, he's one of those people where he enters the room and the whole energy uh, changes. He's just uh, so talented. And I see we're spinning again. <laughs> and, you know, he's uh, such an inspiration to so many people. And, and we're back. <laughs> we're spinning. So um, I was just saying I had the opportunity to meet Denzel, covering him and receiving a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. And he inspires so many people in film, music, and just culture. But you actually had the opportunity to work with him side by side. That must have just been such a spirit-moving, uh, all-shucks all kind of moment. And just being in his energy path. Such a professional, such a gentleman. Um, he remembered meeting me at the 70th anniversary of the Apollo Theater in Harlem. Wow. And he, the first thing he said to me on set was, he said, hey, hey, man, how you doing? It's good to see you. I said, good to see you too, uh, Mr. Washington. He said, I bet you don't remember the first time you met me, do you? I said, uh, 70th anniversary of the Apollo Theater. That's right, that's right, that's right. It's good to have you pat me on the back. Said, Do good, and we had a we had a ball. He had a way of charisma to, you know, people were all in awe and wanted to take pictures and do all that. He said, we're not here for pictures, y'all. We're here to make a beautiful, beautiful movie. And, and once we finish, we can do anything other than what we're doing now. He said, but right now, we got to stay on our chops and make it, make it, make it amazing. And uh, people were like, okay, that is why we're here. We're not here to fangirl out and fanboy out. We're here to make beautiful, because we're all here on this stage, and he made you feel like you were part of the same caliber of success that he, he had, and mm -hmm. uh, it went a long way for me. And I, again, he just has so much cl class, and one of the many things that just impressed me, just observing him being himself, even when he didn't think the cameras were on him, he was so attentive and chivalrous to his wife. Like, he had all these people crowding around him. Tetsuo, over here, over here. And he's working the crowd and this and that. And he's all, all, his eyes always are, where's Pauletta? Is Pauletta okay? You know? And he yeah. had his eyes everywhere. And 
literally every single person speaking to what you were saying earlier about treating people with kindness and, no, and graciousness no matter who they are every single person he interacted with he was warm and, and kind and generous too yeah yeah and you know that that goes a long way in the industry where it makes it creates monsters out of people sometimes because yeah. of the greed for success and for attention um and the battle for for status but he he's removed from it and uh i was blessed to be able to to share that that moment so now um some of my other favorites um i have to give you a spotlight and 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 say thank you something we talk a lot i talk a lot about on the show is uh you know in videos and film and stuff you don't always see a lot of women in the romantic roles and whatnot that have all kinds of different body shapes and that plays a part in how women are seen and treated and, and, and uh, so, you know, size shaming and dissecting people's bodies and female entertainers and people feeling entitled just to tear people down. It, it is a real thing and it affects women's self-esteem. And I absolutely love that you stepped up to the, the plate uh, with Sister Big Bones. And it's just, it's a great romantic story song but it also speaks to hey love and attraction and sexuality come in all kinds of shapes and sizes we're all beautiful you know all kinds of women are attractive and not just you know a size zero and it's so important we need more of that out there and i just love that song like what inspired you to step into that direction you know, I've dated some four-figure women. I've dated some pretty big women. Uh, I call them Juicy Love, Juicy Love. Um, and just the beauty that they have, you know, and gr- growing up with, with, you know, grandma, big mama, uh, aunties with a little little meat on them, and coming up through school and, and church, you see women shapely, you know, get the Holy Ghost, and that thing moved a certain way. I just became, up, you know, aware as, a, as an early boy, like, I like the way that looks. I like the way that I've always loved it. I love a woman uh, with curves. I love a woman with, you know, an extra handle on her. Um, there's some slim women who got a little, you know, a little meat on them, uh, and they wear it well, and the personality definitely plays a, a, a important role. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of women, just beautiful in all shapes, sizes, colors. And, uh, and it's beautiful to watch. It, it's beautiful to appreciate it and make them feel uh, I'm about respecting them and you know talking to them a certain way and just treating them with respect and being a gentleman. It's, it's what I, I love to do. And being a gentleman goes a long way. Yes, <laughs> because, because if you if you step out of line, you get your whole head knocked off. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the big bone boy, she got a big punch on her boy. <laughs> But, you know, it speaks to uh, a a lot of important points because we're talking about soul music and R&B music. At the core of it, it's about romance. 
and, and finesse and how are you building up that connection that romance that sensuality the jump off point if you're not showing hey i value you i respect you in the way i'm approaching you in the way i talk to you in the way i touch you that i appreciate you you know I, I just don't understand, not only in real life, but in music, where artists think by talking about women in a very kind of disrespectful, marginalizing, objectifying way, and, okay, we're going to play that, and that's going to set the mood? <laughs> like, like, you, you know, I think people, I think people started to want to shock. Yeah. Shock and awe, and people get to a place where they want to vulnerable self and uh, expose so much and I think these record companies and, and movie companies started to create these movies and they became really successful mm -hmm. so everybody wanted to portray these certain roles and be a certain way because they wanted success ultimately right. and that's what created these uh, this lackluster uh, non-romantic music some of it sounds good some of it is catchy and yeah. Like, ooh, then he's just saying, okay, that's the time and the place for it, but right. you want to be able to have, it should be balanced enough to where the radio is playing enough music to where you're not offended the whole day. And then right. there's one song exactly. out, of, out of 75 that makes you feel like, okay. <laughs> like, all right. Because, you know, a, a real, like you said, there's a time and place of, for everything, but a, a, an intelligent, confident woman, a driven woman, um, a woman who knows her worth and self-esteem wants to be wooed, wants to romance, wants, wants to see the effort, the creativity, the thought behind For her to take pause and be there. Exactly, because you're, you're more than just your body. You're more than just your looks. You're more than just um, just just female. You you are you are part of the world that makes it beautiful. Your energy and your light and uh, love and all these beautiful things that that the woman represents. And men can never. I if I have my way, they'll never forget that. I'm gonna put it in every song I can. Now, speaking of, okay, so now I want to talk about my favorite romance songs of yours. Thir third category. So I love Best of Me. It's such, it's such a beautiful song. And it really speaks to what we're talking about now in the idyllic sense in relationships. You want to be the best so you can give the best part of yourself to your partner. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times you give half, you have. 
dancing around and excuse my friend and you, you're barely giving this person what they deserve because they're there for you night and day to take care of your kids or they, they, they're there when you get home from work or they're just there to build you up and always there to support you so when you give your best to them it says that I appreciate your efforts I see you I respect you and uh, I'm going to represent how I feel about you by by pouring back into you and giving my all my best and uh, we're going to have fun with it and we're going to we're going we're going to two-step to this old Anthony Hamilton song too. <laughs> 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 we're going to do it baby we're going to do it we're going to drink wine and <laughs> go back to whiskey and whatever champagne hey? just pop it off get it popping <laughs> <laughs> A little Moscata, some chocolate, you know. You know what I'm saying? Make this thing sweet. Make this thing personal like I did. So, now, another... Yes, get personal. So, um, another one of my favorites, which spent... Uh, in July 2001, uh, Miss Julie from Philly, the spent multiple weeks at number one adult contemporary charts went platinum. So in love, that an another one of my favorites. Oh wow, that's Julie from Philly. Jill Scott, man, one of my favorite voices out there, and just her, her how she commands, like the state that. The stage and she commands people to watch and listen to her. She has a big voice, big personality, and uh, she's a full-figured, beautiful woman. I swear, he didn't he didn't hesitate on her. Uh. Um, but musically, you know, to collaborate with her was definitely one of um, the highlights of my career. Mm. Um, I think that song was one of her most successful songs to this day. Yeah, and that and Golden able. were like two of her biggest songs yeah 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 and uh man to be a part of that legacy and to uh to have some ownership in the writing of it, it it's special as well um but just the the way that song made people feel made them want to dance and you know and it made love sexy and and, and tangible to hear it to, to see it in the video and you know what it did for people I'm uh, I'm just a big fan of that kind of music, and I'm definitely a big fan of Jill Scott. I'd do it again. And, <laughs> and then Amen and Heaven are two two. I love just love the opening of vocal wow. Amen. Uh, Thank you, know, you. And like Lulu, you hear that riff, and you just have to just sit and pause. Like that's not yeah. a. Well, thank you. There's some music you can multitask. I'm like you know queen of multitasking, and uh, juggling. But when you have certain songs on, Amen is one of them. You just have to stop and let it pour into you and just enjoy. Thank you. Yeah, Amen was a song. You know, I I had been married before and I was coming out of being separated and divorced then. You know, you start to try to date again, and you know, this this particular moment in your life, this beautiful person is like, oh my God, a man, Lord, you know, it's a young lady, actually, yeah, yeah, stand around by your parts. Special <laughs> person in my life, been a friend of mine for a very long time. And, oh, that's nice. You know, she's a very stylish person as well, but uh, 
I I often wonder, like with um, the great balladeers like yourself, you know, I'm a person, of course, who I I love music. It's such a big part of me and my spirit. but like around the house and when when you're dating ladies do they expect you every time to, i just imagine like here honey i set the table for you and let me get your laundry honey can you sing me a little song here i'll be there in five minutes like like do the ladies ex- kind of expect well you are a multi-talented r&b singer can you give me a little something like does it do ladies expect you to does it kind of set the bar for yourself and your own personal life that they expect what they see in the videos and in the the songs I, I think yeah I, I've had that before and then I've had people who were just like hey let's just do something really simple and uh, let's let, let life be like be what it is away from all the noise right and, uh, I appreciate that very blessed I wasn't expecting it. I feel so blessed that I've I've been treated to more than a few in our talk today and and blessing our listeners as well. So now um so now fashion is a big part of um of you as an artist. Uh, you are known for always rocking a fabulous hat, whether it's broad brim or fedora. I'm loving. I, oh, I am loving this two-tone blue teal uh, hat you have on today. Thank you. Fashion is important, man. I love it, and designing hats is next on, on my list. Uh, I've been working on it. Uh, House of fedoras my headline and uh, I'm excited to unleash that um, right now we're working on a, a full figure line of clothing excuse me wait uh, what a line of clothing yeah so before the end of the year we'll have some okay well when that time comes, we definitely have to talk because, you know, I host red carpets and events. I'm all about the fashion and opening up doors for other women who look like myself um, and breaking stereotypes that we don't love fashion, we don't love ourselves uh, and all that other nonsense. I am so excited that you are designing a full-figured fashion line. Oh, yeah, it's going to be, and it's going to be incredible. And I am a pipeline of a pipeline of many amazing full-figured models here in Philadelphia. So I'm definitely all up in support of of that venture. <laughs> so, um, so now, who are some of your fashion influences, Anthony? Everything like went back to Fubu, all into uh, 
Sean John came through with the yeah. Barbados, John Barbados, a big fan of his. Ted Baker, he uses some nice colors. Mm-hmm. Um, All Saints, I like the, the, the comfort of them. Um, what else I like? Lila Reed, there's a young lady um, in Philly that does really well. Uh, Gail Revere, I like I like what she's doing. Like it's mm-hmm. cutting edge. Uh, Kanye's line is still. There's so much so much fashion out there. Um, yeah. And you're definitely a man who loves bright color. I love men who aren't afraid to wear vibrant color. I like colors, man. I think, uh, you know, I might as well use this old chocolate skin for something. (laughs) Why not not bounce off a good color on me? Right? And, uh, you know, too, the color, just like music, it changes your your mood, your mind, your energy. And sometimes the easiest way to change your energy is put on something bright and colorful uh, and get your, get your mind right. Yeah, you know who does that very well, too? Rich Fresh. He's doing a great job, man. He's a, an incredible designer. I love, I love what he's doing. Um, Dirty Milk is another guy who uses mm-hmm. nice colors. Uh, Antonio. And uh, yeah, so much great energy coming through fashion. Uh, I can't wait to get back out there so I can put some clothes on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Girl, I want to put something on. I want to put it on. Right? I want to put on clothes and go somewhere and do something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just, we just uh, found out today they announced that they're going to be uh, doing the Met Gala again. So I'm excited. Um, you know, we're slowly getting getting back to, to uh, in steady steps, you know. So now, in addition to y- your fashion, you also, one of your passions is cooking. Another thing we share in common. Uh, so you recently, uh, what was it, last year, you released uh, your cookbook. Uh, so can you uh, just talk a bit about your book and um, what are some of your favorite staples and uh, just where, how you, you found your passion in cooking? Growing up in a Southern family who cooked, uh, my dad, my mother, always made me feel good and mm. when I went off to New York I had to learn how to you know how to fend for, for myself and to take care of myself and so before leaving home I would make, make sure to pay attention um, you know in the book it's, it's called the Cornbread Fish and Collard Greens and it's not really a cookbook it's a book that goes behind the stories it goes into the music but I put recipes in it okay uh, the ingredients and uh you know, some of the things I have in it that I like to cook. I do a curry corn. It's really amazing. When I was eating meat, I, I went through a stage where I was vegan for two and a half years. Now I eat some seafood. Um, keep a good balance. I'm like 90, 95, 90% plant-based. But uh, before then, I, you know, I, I do great lamb chops with curry corn and mustard sauce on the uh, lamb chops. I do cabbage with, uh, whether it be pan-seared salmon. Okay. Or mashed potatoes, and you know, you know, my cabbage is incredible. My greens are really good, and I don't even really have to use meat if I don't want to. I, I know how to, you know, interpret that same taste. Okay. Um, 
Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. A fellow foodie. And you know, I don't know what it is about Italian food, soul food, and Chinese food. The more it sits in, in the refrigerator and the flavors marry and bloom, the better it tastes. You like know, it's even better on the second yeah. and third day than when you it's fresh uh, on the plate. I'm definitely going to have to pick up your book um, because I am a greens connoisseur. So I'll just try. <laughs> yes, I, pr I, I prefer ham based. That is my favorite. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, recently um, there's a, there was a restaurant, um, Kay's Kitchen here in Philly, I just found by accident. And they actually do a Szechuan um, kind of green, which I, it was really interesting. I wouldn't have thought to go in that direction, but it almost kind of had like a Szechuan Asian a hot spice to it. I'm like, all right, like this isn't how I do it on the regular, but I can get down with it. I appreciate it a little different yeah. You can do that. You can barbecue greens with a little bit of uh, light barbecue sauce and onions and red and green peppers. You can do that. And uh, just a hint of vinegar in them. It, it's, it just gives it a different flavor if you pair it with the right, uh, whether it be fish or vegan or whatever, whatever meat you protein you want. And now for our fans who are getting excited on the feed here about your about your book, um, where can they go to get your cookbook? Uh, well, your your memoir slash cookbook. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon and uh, you know, Kindle. It's it's available there, and uh, most of the time when I'm touring, I have it with me. Um, and uh, you can go through my website, uh, which will be up and running. Uh, Awesome. So, so now, now when you're you're on tour and you're traveling, which praise God, okay, you got a few new dates coming. I I know, 2020 has just been so hard for artists and and people who make their living behind the scenes um, with production and everything. Um, now, what are some must-have things on the road for you that keep you balanced and just kind of in your zen and uh, and keep your, your mind and your spirit right as you're going from city to city? And, and you know, though performing's great, it can also be draining all the meet and greets and everything. So what's the must-have, you know, uh, that you always have on the road?
clippers. I like I'm a barber stylist, so I gotta have my hair clippers. So if I need to trim up something, and no, it don't look like I, you know, I do too much around in here. But it takes it takes great effort to make it look like this. <laughs> right. Well, it's just like with makeup and and fashion and any creative medium, there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes to make it look like we just woke up like this, that it's just effortless. Yeah, man, it is. It is, you know, and I don't mind putting in the work to to feel feel amazing and to, to enjoy my space and time. I think it's very important. Now, speaking of me, oh, <laughs> oh, he's so cute. It's a golden Oh, yeah. So now, speaking of amazing, one, uh, this is just so inspiring. Um, so you've actually performed at the White House several times um so originally uh back in uh uh, president uh, barack obama's administration uh you were a part of uh the black history month um tribute to oh um sorry well you know you were there (laughs) yeah it was a a tribute to uh, the smithsonian and that's it Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tribute for that. The first time I went, performed uh, me and, and Usher and um, uh, Demon Lovato, uh, Sam Smith from Sam and Dave, um, Shalea. There's a few of us on, on there. Andrew Day, mm. uh, Brittany from from uh, Brittany from Alabama Shakes. So I remember this um, so so well, um, and that was the first time I went. And then the second time was, I was invited to uh, President Barack Obama's uh, birthday party. Wow! Yeah, Stephen and Stephen Wonder was there. <sighs> Common was there. Common was there uh, at the birthday party as well. Yeah, we had a good time. And then you were just there again in February um, for President Biden's uh, celebration of Black History Month. Um, So now, just talk to us from the behind the scenes of that. I mean, first of all, it it must be very head trippy (laughs) going into the White House, all these amazing icons. But then, too, I imagine there's a lot you have to go through behind the scenes, like with security and protocol. Um, going in and out of the White House. So, what was that whole whole uh, experience like? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of details you have to uh, pay attention to, and that they pay attention to. Uh, they have to vet you and make sure that your background is is up up to standard. Um, your ID, they run it. They run your, your social security number, and just you know, do an overall check on who you are and what you represent and uh, the things you've been in in your past mm. and how how would it look inviting certain people into the White House uh, with certain backgrounds. So they got out clean. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's just a, such inspiration. Um, it's uh, such an amazing uh, accomplishment. And as an artist, just to, it must just f feel fa fantastic um, just to have that level of respect and acknowledgement to be invited to the White House, not only once, but multiple times. Uh, let's check in with some of our, some of our fans here, uh, shouting out. So, uh, to so getting a lot of love from ATL, uh, and shout outs to Jill Scott, and everybody is loving the new song. And thank everybody for being up and engaged and uh, showing Anthony uh, all the love. And of course you can uh, follow Anthony on his social media. Uh, make sure that you're going to, because there's two Anthony Hamiltons, make sure you are going to uh, official Anthony Hamilton on not only on Instagram, but on Facebook and YouTube uh, to check out all his music videos and new songs uh, and all great content. And... And Anthony's still, still rocking with us as we deal with all, all this Philly rain. <laughs> uh, so now uh, Anthony's new song you made a fool of me is uh debuting on bet on friday oh hold on hello can you hear me uh, yeah we're still on yeah okay that's fine okay Oh, that's yeah, that's fine. We, I think we were just going a little extra because of all the the static with the rain and this and that. But we're 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 rocking and rolling. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, that that was Eli calling into the back. Yeah, I can hear you. So that was Eli calling into the back cave. <laughs> So now your new song, um, you made a fool of me. Can you hear me. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you. I hear you. Can you hear me? I hear you. Right. Can you hear me? So, um, 
Anthony's new song, You Made a Fool of Me, is debuting on BET uh, this Friday. I'm so excited to see the new video. Um, so I've been seeing some clips online on his Instagram, and it looks absolutely beautiful in this fantastic mansion. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? I'm here. I'm here. Do you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. Can you see me? I'm here. Huh. Hold on. Choo -choo. Come on. All right, so it looks like we're having a little technical difficulty here. Uh, we're just uh, waiting for the connection to come back up. So, of course, you can uh, check out all of Anthony's in work on YouTube. Uh, uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Um, I know Anthony has another interview coming up at 2.30. So uh, we're so, so grateful and excited uh, to have had the afternoon to chat with him uh, and just get an inside glimpse into all of his, his hits and his amazing uh, music. And uh, of course, he also owns his own uh, record label, uh, which he founded in 2020. Um, called a music box in partnership with BMG, uh, and so he's uh, said so many important messages today about owning your own music, um, and uh, just uh, being being behind the scenes, not just as an artist, uh, but uh, owning your materials. Uh, so, uh, I hope you've enjoyed our interview. I apologize for some of the technical difficulties uh, that we've been dealing with, but um, we're going to close out with some uh, more Anthony Hamilton. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at the Laura Masaryk. Facebook, uh, you follow the Style and Empowerment Chat with Laura and Friends Facebook page, uh, and we'll be back with more fashion, entertainment, uh, great music, so stay inspired, stay uplifted, and have a wonderful and empowered day. think forever get a glimpse of what I'm dreaming of golden hearts will live forever
since my heart been opened up It's like I'm truly living Forever's just not long enough I dream of us never ending 